Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Madigan, and you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, a podcast that explores the world through a personal feminist perspective. Hello, everybody. I am so happy to say that I am not alone this week. I have a lovely new friend and guest on this week. Her name is Meg. She's fabulous. Meg, tell us about yourself. <laughs> Hi. Um, yes, good job. My name is Meg. <laughs> You're right. like, you put um, me on the spot. <laughs> well, you know, it's like when someone asks you a question, you forget every single thing about yourself ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I asked do. you this on our first meeting, but what's your sign of the Zodiac? Let's start with that. And then we'll work okay. our way out. Um, I'm a Capricorn. Okay. Um, yeah. Early, early January Capricorn. If anybody is like super into astrology and that so your birthday is coming makes, up. Yeah. My birthday is coming up. January. January 5th. January 5th. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's literally like a month and a few days away. That's so exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm from West Michigan, but, uh, for the most part, I'm in Chicago. Um, I go to art school out here. So I sold my soul to a private institution and now (laughs) I just kind of chill in the big city most of the time. But that's what artists have to do. You know, my, my dad went to school for fine art and then ended up in advertising. I have a friend that kind of was the same route and ended up doing like Mm -hmm. advertising and graphic design and things like that as well, working for like a big company and it's very corporate and things like that. And it's so funny, like, especially for my dad, because you would never see him as like a corporate person, but it's like an artist got to eat, you know? Yeah. My mom was a graphic design major and I grew up around all that stuff and that's really fun, but um, I'm an education major, so Different route. <laughs> Different route. But you still, um, tonight you're getting ready for like a big presentation, right? For tomorrow. Remind me exactly what you're doing. The picture oh. you sent me earlier today of like the artwork. Oh, that's a totally different thing. That's so a totally have, different thing. Okay. That's a totally different thing. Okay. Okay. I, yeah. Tomorrow is like a class presentation um, about okay. um, special education in the art room and Tomorrow night um, is a gallery opening in Wicker Park that I'm a part of at Heaven Woo! Gallery. Yeah, it'll be. I for, love that. I think it goes down the 10th of December. It's only up for like two weeks. All right, Chicago listeners, if you're in the area, go stalk Meg's artwork. And go check <laughs> it out. That would be hilarious. Well, I I love Chicago. I miss Chicago, but I don't think I miss it in the winter. The time that I went in January was pretty miserable. Yeah, it's absolutely horrible. <laughs> it is, but you're surviving. 
Yeah, I mean, since I'm from the Midwest, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. kind of desensitized to it. Uh, actually, I had someone tell me the other day, they were like, you just have to embrace it. And yes. I was like, okay. <laughs> like, maybe I just have to learn this. And I think that's the difference between me in Los Angeles and me in the Midwest, because I anticipate it being colder if I go to mm-hmm. Minnesota, where when I'm here, if it's 50 degrees, I don't have the wardrobe. I don't have the mental preparedness. Like none of that works for me anymore. Where growing up, it was just part of my day-to-day life. But pretty much once I turned 18, I was like, I will never live in a place where I have to like own one of those window scrapers anymore. Yeah. You know, like being from Michigan, you know that. Yeah. Or you have to like actually shovel your your car off. That happened yes. to someone that I knew the other day. They We got hit with a really bad snowstorm and they just fully took a snow shovel to their uh, front window. And Oh, yeah. Or it'll be car. like under the car and in the side. So you're like packed in and you can't go mm-hmm. anywhere. I, I mean, this is like a story for another time when you and I are just chatting. But like the, last year for Christmas when Max and I were coming home from Sun Valley, Idaho, we hit a blizzard for like five hours or so where you literally mm. could not see within a foot in front of us. And it was terrifying. There's a longer story to that, but I won't get into it. Um, so let's see what else about you. Can I ask how old you are? Yeah, I'm 20. You're 20. Oh my God. I never would have guessed that you're 20. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little baby. You're 10 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. That always blows my mind with people. Just don't think about it. Just, Just don't, don't think, think about it. it. I think <laughs> I mention how old I feel in comparison to other people more than other people think about it because I'm not typically around a lot of people that are younger than me, except for I am now mm-hmm. with my job. And I, but I like it. I I feel I feel fulfilled in the role of being the older friend that gives like good hugs and advice and things like that. So I guess yeah, big sister. Oh, I love that. I always want to be like the cool aunt or the mom or the big sister. I'm definitely more the mom, especially because I nanny and things like that. Yeah. But, Wait, um, you, you, are you an only child or do you have siblings? I can't I'm remember. an only child. Okay. Yeah. Same. We're lucky. We got all of our parents' attention, good or bad. Yeah. Yeah. Did you play any sports growing up? Um, I played volleyball for a while. Um. And then I quickly left that. <laughs> um, I was I was primarily like um, music, theater, art, uh, the trifecta. Um, I was a choir kid for like eight years, so that was feel the majority that. of my time in my life. Yeah. Do you have a favorite musical? Oh, or just like one that you really like that came to your mind when you think about it? I don't know. I really like Heather's. <gasps> I love Heather's too. Heather's is so fun. I don't and know. The, I don't know the musical as well as I know just the original movie, but I do need to get to know the musical a little bit better. Yeah, and I love. I love Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia is like, you know, like you're really fucked up on like a weekend. And you're like hanging with your friends, and you're just like, hey, let's watch a movie, and then like Mamma Mia, you know. Well, and it's all like 2 a.m. ABBA music. And I yeah. love ABBA. There was a band when I was growing up called A-Teens. I think it was like a group of Swedish kids. It was two boys and two girls that did all mm-hmm. ABBA covers. Mm-hmm. And that was like my shit growing up. So I know all the ABBA songs and love them. But like Mamma Mia was never one that I really knew much 
when I was growing up, I grew up like, I remember Wicked was like the biggest thing Mm -hmm. when I was in high school. That was like what everyone would sing for every audition and things like that. I I actually live uh, right next to the Nederlander Theater. Like if I look out my window, I can't see the sign, but I can see it reflected in yeah. the apartment, apartments across from me. And that's where they're having Wicked right now. So Are sometimes they? in the middle. Yeah. So, so, so sometimes in the middle of the night, I'll just hear like really <laughs> like deep bass. Like I can't hear any of the music, but sometimes I'll just like catch a little bit of the bass Ooh. and I'm like, oh, they're having fun. I yeah. love that. Have you ever seen it? No, I always, um, I always wanted to like their first the original tour i don't know like 15 10 years ago yeah it was probably something like that um i really really wanted to go and like i would see advertisements for it and all the time um i remember going through like the o'hare airport and they had a ton of advertisements for it and my little self was just like mom i want to go i gotta go we didn't have money for broadway tickets so like no oh my gosh yeah although i was like a child like very small like i wouldn't have been able to fully appreciate it so yeah my first broadway show was lion king and that was (gasps) awesome because well first of all it was just awesome in general but yeah um, also i so when i was in high school i was um kind of like the head of my uh um makeup department in the theater oh yeah Um, that's right like i competed in like thespian festival and all that stuff like for makeup and all that and i got wait you went to the thespian festival yeah i went to thespian festival in the one in lincoln nebraska no the one in michigan oh damn because i would go i would go to like some international thespian festival i went one year and it was in lincoln nebraska on their campus i would have just gotten very excited there's no way our paths would have crossed no (laughs) yeah 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 i i actually um but like i'm still super into like uh special effects and stage makeup and all that stuff but i actually almost went to school for that i was considering that as a career path um you can still Which, do it as like a hobby. Oh you get my better gosh. and better and better yeah. at it. And then just have that be like a side gig for you for you live in Chicago yeah. for like little photo shoots and stuff. You could do like special effects makeup oh my gosh. and things like that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But the materials are so expensive. That's the only thing. Yeah. Like, you just have the to like. The Ben the latex and all that. I know. It's one of those things. It's like you always want to be making enough to have to pay taxes just so you can write off all that stuff. <laughs> at the end of the year like when I was working primarily as like a quote-unquote actor the shit that I wrote off at the end of the year IRS if you're listening to this turn it off um but it was like (laughs) I'd be like clothes for wardrobe makeup and like all this stuff and I don't wear a lot of makeup so for me like having that I was like well I can just write it off on my taxes when I buy makeup the $15 (laughs) I've spent or whatever oh my god I'm terrible um All right. Well, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we should. Well, let's say you're a listener of the show. You're familiar with all of this. And we just kind of interacted once I opened up the the door to you all to reach out to me for I so I could start to kind of see who would be a good fit for the show and all that kind of stuff. So we met through that. um, And I don't know. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. The good old DMs. Slid into the good, oh, so sexy. <laughs> they just slid right in there and they were like, hey, girl, what's up? Ain't, ain't no thing. 
I heard you were looking for someone new. What you doing later? And I was like, oh, my gosh, Meg, what? She said, hey, little mama, let me whisper in your ear. Oh, stop. I'm getting excited over here. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, we do have some news stories for you today. And I'm going to start out with the story that I sent Meg a video of this total shenanigans uh, earlier today or last night. I don't remember. But there was a woman by the name of Annabella Rockwell who was on Tucker Carlson's show. And can I say Tucker Carlson, his face reminds me of like every toddler that I've ever babysat while they're watching TV, where their face (laughs) is just kind of like, like drooped open and there's nothing really going on in front of their eyes. Like the whole interview, he's just standing there like a fish with his mouth hanging open. And there's this like beautiful blonde woman. And she is talking about how she had to be professionally deprogrammed after attending a liberal all-female college. She claims that her mom, Belinda, paid $300 a day for a, quote, wokeism deprogrammer. And I googled wokeism deprogrammer, and essentially it was like only this story, but there was one other YouTube video of this guy. Did I write down the name of this YouTube video? I hope that I did. Oh, is it the guy who was just like explaining or just kind of like talking about it? Or it's called it like something different? in order. It wasn't about this story. It was just like there's a oh. YouTube page. Maybe it's still on my phone. Shit. But there was a YouTube page where this guy, it was like something in order. And it was like how to deprogram the woke out of your child or something like that. Like there was like a series of these videos. Yeah. And that was one of them that he did. Because I was curious. I was like, is this a like her what did her mom do <laughs> to find a deep programmer for wokeness like what was the goog search you yeah know what I mean? that's some really sketchy shit and i actually okay i just want to go look at the uh initial post that you sent me and it says that it's unavailable now i don't know what happened to it but i want to go look at that for like names and stuff oh yeah 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 you're fine you're fine you're um fine. anywho um Yeah, I just want to know, like, what that Google search would look like for her to be like, I need a special kind of cult deprogrammer for, like, the liberal left. I just feel like it's a very niche market. I don't even feel like that's something that you can actually, like, Google search. I feel like that's got to be like, oh, I know a guy who knows a guy type of thing. Yeah. Which is even more frightening. But that actually makes sense. So she is an heiress. She's a pharmaceutical heiress, which I didn't know was a thing. But I guess that makes sense if you're, like, the granddaughter of the Xanax creator. Like, that sounds pretty great. Um, So I'm assuming it's something similar like that, but she's super fucking rich and like grew up amongst a lot of wealth and things like that. So it wouldn't surprise me if like in the conservative circles that her mom was in, if they were like, oh, don't worry, honey, I got a guy. Like, I'll just send him your way to take care of your daughter. That would make sense. That that definitely seems very like hitman-ish. Like, oh, my daughter goes to college and then- (laughs) Oh, she's she's starting to spew all this like quote unquote woke nonsense. So like yeah. oh like it's it's okay. I found I found you this guy. Yeah. You know? But like I wonder this- I wonder if she um n- like knew what this was about before this happened. Like I wonder if right. her mom told her exactly like what was gonna like, I feel like it would go be, down. I feel like it would be like an intervention situation. Like that's how I'm picturing it. 
But I wonder because, so actually I found this website, it was a photographer's website and there was a photo series this photographer did of this woman, Annabella Rockwell from age nine to 26. And there's a picture of her. And then below it, there's like a description of like what she wants to be when she grows up at that time, her favorite thing to do. It's crazy. So I felt like kind of creepy looking at it, but there's all these photos and then her handwriting. And one of them said um, something about like the closeness to her mom and all this kind of stuff. And they describe the mother and daughter as being like best friends or whatever. Right. And the catalyst to it was that she stopped talking to her mom and that estrangement is what made her mom then be like, I have to find somebody to help me bring my daughter back. That's see, that's just so scary though, because like, I don't, I don't speak to my father for um, not like exactly the same reasons, but like there right. are some reasons that overlap where it's just kind of like we, like we cannot have a conversation. We have completely different views. Like it yeah. is not healthy for me to have a relationship with him. And the idea of like, I don't know, just the idea of me being in that girl's shoes is so utterly horrific oh yeah well I don't know if like I haven't talked to my dad in like six or seven years I can't remember but I have nightmares where all the time still where I'm in the same room as him and I'm screaming at him to go away because I'm the thought of having to be in the same room with uh, with him is so scary to me and I don't know why Mm -hmm. especially in my dreams I'm like get the fuck out and I'm screaming and yeah especially if she truly decided at this point, like, you know, maybe my conservative family is not supportive of me anymore. And I've gone Mm -hmm. to this other liberal school and I'm going to move on with my life. It's also interesting because I feel like the opposite has happened so much of like, I truly believe that a lot of these Trump supporters have been brainwashed into like the cult of Trump. Yet you don't hear, you know, me calling a deprogrammer on, you know, my dad's family to go take care of them, to deprogram deprogram them out of believing everything that the right says like you don't hear about it really the other way around so it is kind of an interesting uh way to go about it but annabella oh sorry you go oh i was just gonna say correct me if i'm wrong but like tucker carlson like definitely like phrased it like that didn't he he was like oh well like this is something that we have to do against the left X, Y, Z, like something like that. He was making it seem like parents. This is, this is what love is. This is what you have to do to keep your child from like falling prey of these messages that are being sent out. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, she was telling the New York Post that she left the school feeling very anxious and depressed and sad. She says, I saw everything through the lens of oppression and bias and victimhood. I came to the school as someone who saw everyone equally. I left looking for injustice wherever I could and automatically assuming that all white men were sexist. My thoughts were no longer my own. Who, honey. This next part really got to me because she was a competitive figure skater growing up. Oh. No, one of your brethren, one of my brethren. Well, I mean, (laughs) skating is such an elitist sport. Like it totally doesn't even surprise me. But the first picture in that photo series I was telling you about was a picture of her at age nine in like a skating costume Mm -hmm. and her skates and stuff. And it said that she wanted to grow up to be a professional figure skater during that time. 
But then Mm -hmm. she started getting into like tennis and wanted to be a model. And she wrote like on the one, you know, she's probably like 16 when she wrote that she wanted to be a model. And she was like, but I don't want to be one of those stupid ones. Like, I want to be really smart. And like, she sounds like kind of funny and cool in a lot of those. And she went to this college called Mount Holyoke College. And it's one of the seven sister schools. And that's the school that she's talking about that, like, quote unquote, indoctrinated her. And the seven sister schools are like, you know, Sarah Lawrence and all those other kind of like subdivided schools from like typically historically all male schools, like their female counterparts or whatever. And it's also known for being super liberal. I went to the MountHollyoakNews.com website. There was an article from 2018 and they were talking about this uh, tradition for freshmen when you came to the school that you would cut all of your long hair off as a way of like essentially saying like, fuck you to gender roles. And this was incredibly disturbing to her. She was like, I didn't take part in any of that. Like I kept my long hair. I wasn't going to chop it off. And in the article, it was talking about how um, for many, this haircut is a radical assertion of their LGBTQ identities. And for others, it is a it is simply the result of taking one time consuming shower too many. So it is kind of like a thing that these like women at the college do for fun. She decided not to partake. And then she said it wasn't until her junior year when she took a gender studies class that she began to feel a shift. The dreaded gender studies classes where the professor told her about the patriarchy. She says she barely knew what that word meant. I don't know what she was talking about. I wasn't someone that into feminism. I just knew I felt I had always been free to do whatever I wanted. I never experienced sexism, but I was told there's the patriarchy and you don't even understand it's been working against you your whole life. You've been oppressed and you didn't even know. Now you have to fight it. And I just went down this deep rabbit hole like we gave her the red pill. (laughs) Well, like there's so many factors that. Like, okay, first of all, (laughs) (laughs) you're like, wait, (laughs) wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, there are so many factors that lead into someone from her status not having experienced, like, blatant things that would go off as, like, a like a bell, you know? or Like, hundred, that, like that was sexism, yeah. Yeah, as, like, you think that things are normal when things aren't normal, because that happens to a lot of us when we are children, and also... And when you know, we're like, told those things are normal, we don't second-guess them either. Yeah, and in Western culture where binary is super black and white, you know, like you are not going to, you are not going to necessarily question gender and sexuality unless you are given the chance to breathe and actually like given the chance to think about that stuff. So crazy concept that you're taking a class where you're supposed to learn things and (laughs) oh, I don't know, think for yourself. (laughs) And I learned things. I didn't want to learn those things. Heaven forbid you learn things. (laughs) I want to know. I want to know if she signed up for this class or if this class was like mandatory. I mean, I feel like you have to sign up for it. There's no way, even though this is like a liberal college, there's no way that a gender studies class is mandatory. There's no way. I'm I'm thinking like, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I don't know different schools curriculums. Like, I feel like in the back of my head, maybe there could be a chance that. Something like Let's that give them the benefit of the doubt and say that you do have to take some sort of like 
liberal arts ish kind of, I don't know, some sort of class like that. Yeah. But even so, I feel like you, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to agree with all of it. I mean, the way that she talks yeah. about it is like her teachers were actually like the professors were telling her, you can't talk to your mom anymore. Like they were encouraging alienation, like cut off all ties yeah. with anyone that thinks differently. Uh, she said that they would encourage students to like stay for holidays and summer breaks and be like, just stay on campus, stay on campus to like keep them from their parents and all of this kind of stuff, which to me, when I hear that, I'm thinking, well, maybe it's kids who don't feel safe going back to their parents because there is a very large amount of like queer women that go to this school historically. And maybe yeah. if they're from these conservative families, maybe if they had the opportunity like to Harry Potter it and stay on campus for the holiday, I say go for it. But she is taking it as like they forced the students. Like, I don't know. Yeah, but that's what I'm assuming. I, I go to a very queer institution and I love I know a lot of people who don't go home for holidays and yeah. stuff or they just stay in the city. But also, I'm just thinking of like, yes, it is important to have a gender affirming classroom. But what I want to know is the class size, because I guarantee you that was a lecture hall. And like, the like that professor did not have individual relationships with every single one of those students. No, it wasn't a conversation. It was just like she was saying the professor was like blatantly just being like, don't go home. Yeah, exactly. Like it wasn't a co- like it was probably something that was in a lecture that was stated to like a big group of people rather than like Got having it. a conversation. Well, no, that's what I'm like guessing. I don't know, because I'm not really no. sure how she would think that. But to me, it seems like it would be more likely that if that were happening and there were students that wanted to be able to stay somewhere else for the holidays that it probably would be something that the teachers would say like, Hey, if you need someone to talk to, feel free to come yeah, to me and we can figure something how, out. You know what I mean? That's how I'm imagining it too. Yeah. Cause I can't imagine I just, a teacher. I think she's exaggerating. I think all of this oh, is absolutely take it with a pound and a half of salt. So her mom, this is when like they start being estranged and her mom, Belinda said, everyone is so sure it won't happen to their child but it will. Professors and older students tell the students they are special. It's like they're anointed. Then they tell them how oppressed they are and what victims they are and how they have to go out in the world and be activists to stop the oppression. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> like, I don't really see what, like, I don't even think what a lot of the things that she's saying are a bad thing. None of the, like, they're telling them they're special. Well, they are special. Everyone's special. And then they're telling them how they're oppressed. Well, maybe they are oppressed in some ways that they didn't know about it. And now they want to fight back about it. But she's saying it like, oh, they're telling these kids, they're grooming them into thinking they've been through some horrible things. And now they have to fight that injustice. <laughs> and like how, oh my God, just like for the mom's sake, like how in the hell does that directly affect you? Like, please show me the Carfax. <laughs> like, like, what? 
how does that affect you? It's true. And I think that that's kind of what you can boil like most political arguments down to where it's like, is this really affecting you as much as you're letting it? Because it's probably not. Um, there was another former student that came forward who was also conservative. And she said that she left the school after a year due to bullying and that the entire culture of the school revolves around, quote, hating men and being a lesbian, to which I say, sign me up. Um, but also I said, <laughs> I was like, no, girl, you've chosen all female liberal college, which is like crack to queer kids. Like, of course, yeah. everyone like, of course, you're going to get like the man hating like and I'm not like advocating for that. But like, that's, I think, something normal that women say, like men are trash and whatever. Like, you're going to hear yeah. that kind of stuff. And, and especially if you're in college and you're going through that phase of you know, like maybe your home was super repressed. Maybe you didn't have the opportunity to speak out and like say what was on your mind. Yeah. And now that you're in college, you know, you get that wave of freedom. And I know a lot of people in their, you know, twenties who will like say stuff like that. And like, they, I don't know, maybe they mean it, maybe they don't, you know, right. whatever, whatever the fuck, but you know, but especially like, if you're amongst friends and classmates, it's like, you're going to hear it. Yeah. It's part of life. It's like, you're just like, it's just women being comfortable in their own environment. <laughs> well, and then it's also like, I was just thinking that it's kind of hypocritical as well, because the way that you will hear a man talk about women on campus as well is going to be yeah. very much the same. They'll probably be saying a lot more dangerous things and just being like men are trash. You know, like, yeah. I think that there's a lot of hypocrisy going on in that as well. Uh, but this one chick goes on saying, if you send your kid there, you're signing them up to hate the patriarchy and white people and the founding stock of our country. It's a bastardization of higher education for the sake of weaponizing naive young women for the sake of advancing a toxic agenda. Wow. Bastardization, higher education. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sounds like it should be in a rap song. I was going to say, I was like, wow, that rhymes. I'm Lin-Manuel Miranda now. <laughs> reminds me of like that one video where they're just like these college students like college isn't fun anymore they're deliberately uglifying themselves like all of that what is that from do you know what i'm talking about no i don't is oh it like a tiktok God. thing it oh yeah it's like see I that i get i get all Carlson. my tiktok videos on instagram like two months later okay. so i'm the not it, the person to ask it it, I don't even know. It could be a Tucker Carlson video for all I know. But like, I just, I know I saw the interview and then like people started using it as a sound on TikTok and it started going viral because it was just like the, all. The Tucker Carlson interview aspect is ringing yeah. a little bit of bells, but go on. But yeah, no, they're just like college or no, it was, it was like the five or whatever it was. So it's like, it's oh. like these five Republicans like sitting around a table and this dude is just like, college doesn't look fun anymore like basically just saying you know like all these like these kids are like queer they're uglifying themselves like they're caring about all of these like gender studies and liberal issues and basically just saying like college is like a worse a waste of time now because like what are you actually learning yeah. at school like, and it's also it's like not, our, yeah. the girls aren't hot anymore we can't break yeah. Kavanaugh it you know what I mean I think that there's like a lot of that in the culture of men being like well nothing we can't be ourselves anymore damn it we can't rape and sexually assault freely without ramifications I think there's just yeah. a lot of that 
going Brats around. Are held accountable. Oh my God. It's insane. Well, and it's like, I also think about, you know, I had an ex who would be so mean to me if I like didn't wear makeup, he would call me a little boy if I was in like sweats and just like so demeaning oh about God. things like that. And I feel like men have this expectation of having something around them that's pretty to look at. And if they don't like what they see, they take it into their own hands to be able to say something about it because they feel like they have the right to. And I think that that is really like what they're talking about and what the video that you were just talking about, where it's like, I also just really want like women to care about being pretty and dumb and listening to what I have to say and have them stay home and make my babies and my dinner and grab me a beer. And that's it. (laughs) All right. Well, should we move on to the story that you want to talk about real quick? Uh, Yeah. So I kind of just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, what is going on in Iran right now, primarily Mm -hmm. just because I listen to like a lot of news and a lot of different podcasts and all that kind of stuff. um, And I have barely heard anything about... um, like the protests in uh, regards to Masa Amini and how those have progressed. Yeah. Um, and it's really disheartening for me because yeah. Yeah. I've heard snippets about it, but I haven't really seen a ton of people covering it. I've kind of have, I've kind of had to scour for articles. I mean, there's been like New York times and NPR and all this stuff, but like they're very short articles that don't necessarily give a lot of information. And they're always like a week apart from each other, Mm. which it's just super upsetting. It is. Well, Um, I think that when Masa Amini was first murdered, it was very much in the public consciousness. It was in the news and in the media a lot and people were really focused on it. But the way that our news cycle works, unfortunately, is that unless there are, which, well, in my opinion, from what I've read, those kinds of attacks are now happening by like the hundreds and thousands, but now we're almost becoming like desensitized to it and we're not realizing the number. And I think another big part of that is just from talking about a little bit before on the show, knowing that like, a lot of the young women out there don't have the internet access or -hmm. the capability to be able to tell the truth of what's going on. And so their media is in such a lockdown that I'm wondering if the reason that we're having such a hard time getting a full picture of all these events is because the government is working so hard to make sure that these things are being suppressed and it's working. And that's what's that definitely is. That definitely is part of it. And I don't know, just, living you know living in america and um in the state of our country and stuff you know like we yeah sure there's all this horrible stuff going on in the world um but you know like life goes on we're not in the middle of a war we're not in the middle of you know the same things that people in iran are going through like we get up we go to work and we go on with the rest of our day and it's and we so typically easy. don't have the fear the fear looming over our head of death yeah you well, know <laughs> it's so easy to get consumed into like the next thing that's going on in the world. And I just like, I just don't think it's fair to these women to not get coverage. A hundred percent. So what I'm referring to is I'm sure everyone's heard about the um, Masa Amini protests, but the protests began on September 30th. So it's been like 70 something days. Yeah. Um, It's being referred to as bloody Friday. Yep, stemming from Masa Amini, um, and also the alleged rape of a 15-year-old girl. 
um, which I didn't hear about right away. It was literally learned about it. Literally learned about it today when you told me that you wanted to cover it. And I was trying to learn more about this 15 year old girl because I was like, well, was she arrested during a protest or what? Did you see that she was like being questioned by police about a murder that happened near her home when she was assaulted? No. Yeah. So I thought that it was maybe like she was out protesting or something and the secret police came and took her away or something. But apparently it was just like she was being like not interrogated, just questioned because like a murder happened by her home. Yeah. And this police officer took advantage of her. And then she oh went and told her mom and her mom was like, fuck this shit. And so a bunch of protests then began popping out outside of the police station. So civilians gathered outside of a police station to protest. And after some time, security forces opened fire on protesters. They violently cracked down on protesters and later opened fire on worshipers holding Friday prayers um, at this one mosque. I'm not going to try to pronounce the name because I will say it wrong. Yeah, Um, I did read, however, that this mosque that was targeted was across the street from the police station. So mm -hmm. it sounds like it was kind of like contained to this one area, but it was like this time of day where there were still like hundreds of people in this mosque doing their Friday prayers. And then those protests like popped up outside of the police station. And then in the retaliation, they ended up going after the church. It's just so fucked up. They had nothing to do with it. In this advance from... Uh, security forces. Uh, it led to a street clash, resulting in 96 protesters being killed, 13 of which being children. And the estimated number is 300 injured, although um, it is estimated that those numbers are much, much higher than what is oh, reported. Yeah. Um, schools were shut down for a period of time due to the massacre. I'm assuming they're open now. I couldn't find anything about that. But just the fact that primary education was shut down due to all of these protests and all of this bloodshed i I can't imagine being a kid going to school yeah no it's i mean especially me as like an educator like that like reading that just really broke my heart Mm -hmm. um i can't imagine being a little girl (laughs) no Um, oh my god because you must feel like you have a target on your back 24 7 yeah kids are the most innocent and like precious creatures in so many ways because it's like they're not bad yet. They haven't really been tainted yet by the world. So whenever anything happens to a child, there is like a certain like like a child yeah. or a puppy. You know, you get that and especially one, this it's that helpless feeling. Yes. Like this super, super high-ended extremism. Like that like trauma is delicate and trauma can be anything, but this that's oh my god and and the and the trauma on top of that is and i'm so glad that there seems to be so many young women who are what i say glad but also i'm terrified that they're doing this showing such like strong uh symbols of protest in their lives by not wearing the hijab or cutting their hair you know there have been all of these videos and stuff that have been posted of these young iranian women doing these like super badass things that could wind up getting them killed (laughs) or imprisoned Mm -hmm. and things like that but i can't imagine growing up being told all the time that i'm inferior or that I, you know, I'm not allowed to do certain things or be a certain way. And then on top of that, being told now that the threat of my death or my assault is that much higher because of 
my gender would be very confusing. I feel like for a kid to understand because I wouldn't, I wouldn't get it. I'd be like, why was, what is going on and why is this happening around me? And like the unknowing must be so scary for kids as well. The Amnesty International report stated that hundreds of people, including children and older women, were still performing their Friday prayers, a minority of protesters throwing stones towards the police station. Oh, oh my there gosh. was there was a minority of protesters throwing stones towards the police station, um, but they found no evidence that would justify the use for lethal force. No. <laughs> yeah. Throwing stones versus like metal pellets and tear gas and ammunition. Yeah, I don't know. Completely. That just doesn't equate to me. Yeah. So within the past couple of days, the United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights um, called for independent, impartial, and transparent investigative processes to be taken into place in regards to what is going in in Iran. So the United Nations, like they are taking action, but like I, I haven't heard anything about this within the past couple of days. They just kind of have said, hey, we're going to uh, do this independent investigation of what's going on here, but I haven't heard anything about that. The only um, kind of like whisper that I heard about that was actually that Iran possibly would be denying the UN's assistance. But that's literally all I know. I don't know why, (laughs) but I saw something like at the very bottom of an article. So I'm wondering if maybe that's something that is in discussion right now, Um, because I was wondering. I'm assuming it is because it's a big issue. But yeah, but I'm I'm just wondering why they wouldn't want. I mean, unless it's the Iranian government, which is trying to suppress all this information that's telling the UN that they don't want this private investigation, or is it the protesters of Iran who are saying they don't want the, you know, like that's what's unclear to me when I was reading it because I Mm. wasn't sure who doesn't want the investigation because I can see how like the government that's okaying all of this wouldn't want an investigation because they don't want to be stopped. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. But yeah, I found that very interesting as well. And I'm hoping that if the UN isn't able to do anything to help, that maybe at least, um, you know, Amnesty International and there's lots of other, you know, great, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Charities. There's another word I was looking for. But there are a lot of organizations. organizations. Yeah. Or we'll just give it the blanketed organizations word. Yeah. Um, that are doing their best to try to give as like accurate of numbers, I guess, as they mm-hmm. can. But it's they gotta be frustrating. Just, Iran did just uh release the numbers that at least like 300 people have been yeah. killed. But do we trust protests. it? Or is it like that's I the thing? Know. Like, I just don't know. I feel like I feel like it's been more from all of the different stories that I've heard. And I just don't know because there is such like a media blockade. I'm like, are we getting the full picture and the full story of everything? Yeah. So I don't know. That's where I'm at. I feel like I'm not getting all the information that I should be getting from Iran. And it's so, Uh, it's just so concerning and it's so scary. Yeah. Here's a little quote that I found from the guardian. U.S. news has been sporadic and politicians have been super quiet, obviously, and it says that this is probably due to the fact that followers may have failed to, followers of the protests and supporters of the women who are protesting, that is, um, 
followers may have failed to imagine how many people stop listening at the first word woman. There are mm. many, there are many, including apparently several U.S. Supreme Court justices who secretly or openly believe that women's rights are a negligible subset of human rights. Threw my hands up in the air. I can't yep. anymore. I and hate the Supreme Court. There is an Iranian American journalist um, who wrote for Washington Post that said, and I quote, when will Western feminists help? I want Which to broke my heart. I, I know because you read that and it immediately is like, okay, well, now is my personal responsibility as a Western feminist. I want to help. And I I I try to tell myself that at least talking about it on this sort of platform is helping in some way, but like it's never gonna feel like enough. And there's no way that I'm going to be able to make it to Iran to be able to be there myself personally. And I want to mm. know how to help tell us we will i want to yeah i i feel like as of right now in the situation that we're in the most that we can do is just make noise about it i think definitely having like a, a bigger social media presence would be important but i think that that's that's tough to control. You know what I mean? Because there's so many different, mm-hmm. I mean, in the U S there's a new shooting every week. I think for the last three mini episodes or something, yeah. I've talked about a different shooting and a it's like, mass shooting. there's a, there's constant tragedy that I understand why things move so quickly. But like, that was something that Keegan and I talked a lot about during the George Floyd protest was this fear of like, when everyone's going to stop caring and it lasted a while where people cared, but then, you know, it, that movement has really gone by the wayside in the last few I've years. I've been thinking now. about that a lot recently, actually, like just because people have been bringing up, you know, COVID times and yeah. stuff. And it's just kind of, I don't know, it's, it's just like hitting me more and more how much that energy has faded and I'm like no, yeah no 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 like bring it back bring it back like we were like we were closer than we have been for a while I know. know and so much of it you know it's like we got a little bit but then not really any real st- substantial change and then in my opinion yeah. just with how the Supreme Court has changed it's made things so much more difficult and I had you know taken a little bit of notes on this and we're not going to end up talking about it but the respect for marriage act just passed this week and it Mm -hmm. hasn't been like signed by Biden or anything yet but like it's looking like it's definitely going to go through and one of the big subjects of that act is same-sex marriage but interracial marriage is also part of that so there were like Mm -hmm. 36 republicans that voted against it and even though a oh, lot yeah. of it and, like, is Mitch about McConnell who's like yeah. married yeah oh my god stop well and it was like religious reasons or whatever for them but you know it's like they're not realizing what else they're saying no to and I think that that's really yeah. really shitty and archaic and insane that we would even have to have the topic of interracial marriage as a conversation it's absurd that same-sex marriage would be part of the conversation but yeah I mean, that's it's it's upsetting. And I think that because we have such a powerful like entity blocking all of the progress, it truly, like you said, the only thing that we can really do is continue to make noise about it. And Mm -hmm. lucky for everyone, I never shut up. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a really quick commercial break before we move on to the last story. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Okay, so the last thing that I wanted to talk about was like, Breaking news for us today. We're recording on Thursday night. On Thursday, Kanye was a guest on Alex Jones's show, InfoWars, and it was a live stream. I know like very little. I mean, I know a lot about Alex Jones. Like I know his issues with like the Parkland kids and things like that. But I feel like there are people that will hate watch those videos or like Joe Rogan and things like that. Well, they'll watch it specifically to get mad about it. And I my mental energy can't. No, No, I no, just no. I can't do it. So I'm not really familiar. Like I know that Alex Jones has a show called Infowars. I don't know if they're all live streamed or whatever, but they're live. And he has Kanye as a guest on his show. And I was telling you this when I was kind of like saying what stories you were going to do. I was telling my boyfriend, Max, that, you know, Kanye like fucked up during, you know, Alex Jones's show today. And he was like, well, it couldn't be any worse. And I'm like, well, it wasn't any better. <laughs> like, it was still terrible. Um, <laughs> he was complimenting Hitler over and over again, saying at one point, quote, every human being has something of value that they brought to the table, especially Hitler. Especially? Yeah, like what, sir? <laughs> you just like ba- deadpan face. <laughs> back up. Because it's just so ridiculous. Like- I know. Well, there's the people that are like, oh, it's such a shame. Like Hitler was so good to animals. He was such a good painter. And it's like, yes, but like, let's look at the overall picture here. Six million yeah. Jewish people losing their lives, right? Um, but that's not Kanye's opinion, at least right now in whatever state he's in. Um, he blamed numerous things on Zionists, saying, quote, it's Satan that gets inside of the Zionists' head and makes them do evil things. Kanye, the whole time I was reading this, I'm like, how are you saying these things out loud? And Alex Jones actually seemed super uncomfortable, surprisingly. He kept being like, no, I don't like Nazis. I don't like Nazis, like trying to make himself look better, which then almost made Kanye like angrier and doubled down. So Alex Jones tried to tries to go to a commercial break and says something about not liking Nazis. And then right as they're about to cut, Kanye jumps in and goes, I like Hitler. Come on. <laughs> Like, hey, hey, man, you got your point across the first time. Thank well, you for. <laughs> exactly. We get it. Like, it just keeps going. And yeah. at this like point, you're already, you're already spouting 
anti-Semitic comments, like you, you really just put the cherry on top there, you know, like, Hey, like just in case like anybody like didn't understand what I was saying, I like Hitler. I like Hitler a lot. Let me explain how much and why and reasons that I don't like Jewish people. Yeah. He's just like going on further explanations for the things that he's already said. And Alex Jones said to Kanye at one time, you've got a little bit of a Hitler fetish going on, which I think is the weirdest way of putting it. It's so gross, but like he kind of does. And I was mentioning this to you earlier. I read an article a while ago and it was talking about how people who had worked with Kanye in the past had heard him talk about Hitler positively, have seen him, you know, with like certain books and things like that. But I, when I first heard it, I didn't, I took it with a grain of salt because I was like, there's probably people out there that might be like amplifying this story because of what he said. But with these comments, it makes me think that a lot of those things that people in his life were saying were true. I am just like listening to you uh, say that stuff. I just think about when he's still, I mean, his kids are going to be messed up anyway, because all that they're upset are exposed to yes but like I just I, I really want to know how much of that he tried to put into their heads okay I'm so glad that you said that because I didn't want to forget mentioning it because that's literally what I thought the entire time I was taking my notes I was like these poor kids who are like stuck I, I didn't look it up but I'm like I want to know what their custody arrangement is going to be like through this divorce what does yeah. him have to say for all of this like I personally think that it's not Kim's responsibility necessarily to come forward but I do think that if I were her I'd come forward and say something and talk yeah, about whether to protect my whether kids whether you or like something. it or not that's the father of your children and yes. <clears throat> like you're gonna have you're going to have ties to that person as long as you're, as long as like custody. Is 18 under years, parents. 18 years. She had one of your kids had you for 18 years. Kanye yep. already said it himself. Knows. I'm so sorry for quoting Kanye in any sort of light, um, but I could, I can't help it. Someone used that as yeah. a meme the other day and I was like, oh my God, there, he was right. Um, mm-hmm. He also went on to comment on Hitler's fashion sense. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was like... That's really funny, actually. Cute fit Hitler. And then, then, then he goes on to his Holocaust-denying bullshit. And this is something that I've Mm. never understood. I've never understood people's thought process behind this. He says, Hitler, quote, didn't kill six million Jews and that it was, quote, factually incorrect. The Holocaust is not what happened. Then what did? (laughs) So he was joined on the show by these other assholes named Nick Fuentes and Ali Alexander. I was going to say Ali, but I feel like it's Ali. So Jones, Fuentes and Alexander are all banned on Twitter. So Kanye let them tweet out to his 3.2 million followers from his account. And Alexander Mm. tweeted all caps investigate the civil rights and due process violations of the J6 political prisoners. That's what he chose to tweet. <laughs> like these people think they're so like smart and funny. But luckily, no, a lot you're of just an idiot. <laughs> no, you're just dumb. Like you think that you're getting this message out to the masses because Twitter won't let you play with them anymore. But really, you just like you're playing to a smaller audience now than ever too on Twitter, which is just like 
I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. But Republicans from the House Judiciary Committee have deleted a tweet from October 6th, which you probably saw this online because it was everywhere. It was just three names. They said Kanye, Elon, Trump. And that was tweeted from the fucking House Judiciary Committee. They deleted that tweet, thankfully, now, finally. And House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, a Republican from California, said that Kanye's interview was, quote, disgusting and unbelievable. I think it's incredibly believable from what we've been seeing for the last few months. Um, So I don't agree with him there, but it is disgusting. He also told an NBC reporter that Republicans and the entire nation condemn his remarks. The leader of the Republican Jewish Coalition called Kanye's statements a, quote, horrific cesspool of dangerous, bigoted Jewish hatred. Uh, The former senator of Minnesota, I think he was the last senator before I moved out of the state, Norm Coleman, who is a Republican, said, quote, conservatives who have mistakenly indulged Kanye West must have it clear that he is a pariah, which I loved that word to describe him. Like he is not someone to be celebrated. Mm -hmm. He is someone that we should be like shunning and keeping at an arm's length. And especially like, I hope that the people who are still really pro Trump are seeing this because like Trump invited him and one of the other guys on the show over to dinner at Mar-a-Lago and Mm -hmm. like they're buddy, buddy. And it's like, well, if you like Trump, but you don't like, you know, I'm hoping that people will start to see that like, we shouldn't be supporting Kanye anymore. I think a lot of people are still struggling with the idea of that and not wanting to get yeah. rid of, you know, their Yeezys and their music and there, things. There was there was a mural on the west side of Chicago of Kanye that oh. got painted over by the it was the original artist who had painted it over. Oh wow, too. I love so that. So it wasn't so it, it wasn't, wasn't like a uh, uh, vandalism yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like someone was like cuz this was around the time when um Kanye pulled that shit with the fashion show. Yes, and the White Lives Matter shirts. Stuff. Yeah. So immediately after, or there's this Instagram account called uh, Chicago Media Take Me Out. And it just has stuff that's going on around the city. Like it's yeah. like either really frivolous stuff or like actually like really serious stuff about, about like new laws being in effect, like protests, oh, cool. like stuff like that. And anyway, I was like, I was like going to my aunt's house in the suburbs and I was just looking at my phone. And I saw that um, there was this huge fuss over this mural being painted over. And my initial thing was like, oh, some other person painted over the mural. That's why people are mad. Right. No, it was the initial artist. And it was really clever the way that he did it because he only blocked out his figure. So like the background and everything else is still there. Oh. But now it's just a blank figure. And that's kind of like another kind of cool part, like the art kind of evolved almost in a way. It's like Mm -hmm. all that prettiness is like still there, but then like the actual Mm -hmm. person at the head of it is gone. Yeah. But here's the thing is I went to the comments just because. Oh, you're asking for trouble. Well, when I was snooping, because I was just like, I was trying to figure out. You're like, what's people's damage on this? (laughs) And everyone was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Like, like just being like you're ruining Chicago history, like all this stuff. And I'm like, (sighs) I was like, I literally don't understand the issue with this. The original artist painted over it. Yeah. I don't know why you want to support this man anymore. Well, 
is Kanye Kanye's from Chicago, isn't he? Or he has some ties. I think so. he has a kid he, named Chicago, which makes me think that he does. I think that he is from Chicago. I I should know this. I'm probably going to be exiled by all my friends for not knowing. <laughs> but, but like, I feel like that could be part of it too, where people. But like, then I again, think that's what it is. But still, but that like, shouldn't why? happen. Kind of like when like, we knocked I, over all of the Confederate statues and things like that. Fuck yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah, exactly. It's just like okay, if like he's blatantly doing these things, openly doing these things, is aware of the consequences of his actions, uh-huh. and you are sitting here defending this man over over an album that he made ten years ago. Yeah, and from being from Chicago. Yeah, that's pretty fucking pathetic, in my <laughs> opinion. Agreed. I could not agree more. I think you sometimes have yeah. to realize that your idols are people. And draw a line when the line is necessary, but always acknowledge when they have made flaws and mistakes. I think people mm-hmm. so want to protect their like favorite celebrities and what they mean to them that they're not willing which, to acknowledge their flaws. Yeah, which I understand because like you are aligning yourself with this person, especially yeah. if you are like a fan of them, you know, you are you are associating your image with Mm -hmm. this and what does that say about you now yeah exactly well i think we've been talking long enough for a mini episode but meg thank you so much for joining me today i can't tell you how thankful i am that i wasn't talking to myself and making conversation with myself and my pleasure yeah maybe we'll see some more of meg coming up we'll see Oh my God. Yes. Please come back. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to do the little spiel after this with all of the find me on Facebook. Thank you so much to everybody for listening to yet another mini episode. I would love to hear what you have to say about today's episode. So please write to me at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or direct message me on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. If you want to follow my personal page on Instagram, it's at She's Madigan. That's S-H-E-S-M-A-D-I-G-A-N. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can rate and review the show on the business page and chat with the other listeners in the group page. I haven't pushed merch in a while. If you want to have any of your Angry Neighborhood Feminist merch, there's always a link in the show notes every single week. So go ahead and check it out there. Maybe it would make a fun holiday present. I know we have some awesome holiday-inspired designs that Keegan and I came up with last year that are still available. And if you haven't yet given the show a rating and a review, please go to either Apple Podcasts or Spotify to show your support for the show. All right, that's all I have for you today. With all that being said, I encourage you to rage on. Bye. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. 
You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.